Welcome to Psyched for Psychology, a Nystrom & Associates podcast. Our hosts, Michelle Iverson and Brett Cushing, are both licensed marriage and family therapists at Nystrom & Associates. Each week, they talk about all things mental health and therapy, and you get a chance to dive into specific psychology topics that help promote personal development and wellness. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle and Brett. Hello, I'm Michelle Iverson, LMFT, and thank you so much for joining our podcast today, Psyched for Psychology. Brett is on vacation for this week, but he's looking forward to joining us again soon. Episodes for our podcast will be released weekly on Tuesday mornings. You can also email us at podcast at nystromcounseling.com. We want to hear all of your feedback and comments, and we'd love to hear ideas for upcoming episode topics that you'd be psyched to hear us talk about. Before we start on our topic today, talking about perinatal mental health, it's not just postpartum depression. We wanted to introduce our special guest for this topic, Samantha Hugale. Samantha has been an advanced practice nurse for over 20 years and working in perinatal mental health for the last 12 years. She developed and is the current director of the Mother and Baby Programming here at Nystrom for the last six years. She's also on one of the director boards and is a faculty member for Postpartum Support International, as well as the past assistant director of Pregnancy and Postpartum Support Minnesota. Samantha, you are very well experienced and knowledgeable in this area. I have spent a great deal of time trying to devote my practice to that and have been so fortunate that Nystrom has supported that in the last five years. That's the only population that I've been working with. So it has been a great pleasure. Absolutely. And we're very lucky to have you and to have all that experience in helping to start this programming. How did you end up getting involved in this work initially? It actually was Nystrom that led me to this work. Interestingly, when I joined back in 2006, there was a therapy provider in the Apple Valley office in which I was working, and she was specializing in this area with her individual therapy patients, and she needed a medication provider. Mm -hmm. I had, at that point, been focusing a subspecialty in nutrition and um, more holistic medicine, but I shifted and I started doing a lot of research to support her patients who were pregnant and postpartum. Wow. And that has now grown into having an entire division here at Nystrom and Associates devoted to perinatal mental health, referred to as our mother and baby program. Absolutely. And it's a large program now, right? It is. We have 16 therapy providers, three psychiatry providers. Mm -hmm. We run an intensive outpatient program, low intensity, and some other ancillary support programs that we'll talk about in a little bit. Great. So for people that are coming to this program, their concern is around PMADS. Can you tell us a little bit more about what PMADS are? Postpartum depression is usually what we think of when Mm -hmm. we refer to anything mental health and postpartum related, but really it encompasses any mental health change that occurs during pregnancy and within the first year or so postpartum. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, our DSM defines that as the first six months postpartum, but we know that those symptoms start long before, but typically aren't caught until until moms are um, sometimes almost a year postpartum. So Mm -hmm. we look for those symptoms changing due to any hormone shift or other significant change like sleep changes, Mm -hmm. nursing changes, Um, taking, starting a birth control, stopping nursing, and then obviously the big hormone change that comes with pregnancy. Mm -hmm. 
some of the things that we don't always attach to that then are there are specific diagnoses, including postpartum anxiety disorder, mm-hmm. anxiety that starts either in pregnancy and then is exacerbated postpartum. And that doesn't always look like what you would think of being anxious or, you know, worried about some event coming up, but it takes on a totally different picture and usually includes things that we refer to as intrusive thoughts, mm-hmm. or they become really significant worries and a lot of checking and safety related, like driven by, am I a good mom, mm-hmm. really is the theme to that. Mm-hmm. Postpartum OCD is when that anxiety is really high and the compulsive action then is in that checking, checking on baby, mm-hmm. checking for germs. Um, the intrusive thoughts can take on a role where we become compulsive in the protective phase. So if that intrusive thought happens to have something to do with harm coming to Mm-hmm. oneself or the baby, then there could be a compulsive action to protect them. Mm-hmm. For example, if um, a common one we hear actually is, I'm afraid to walk down the hallway because I'm afraid of carrying the baby and hitting his head mm-hmm. on the wall. And so then compulsively, people either do a protective factor like putting a helmet on or carrying the baby in a car seat down mm-hmm. the hallway or just completely avoiding the hallway altogether. Mm-hmm. Other things that we may not attach or think about postpartum specific is mania. Mm -hmm. So postpartum bipolar disorder is something that would typically be defined as postpartum psychosis, but those events in most cases end up being a bipolar type of disorder. So a long period of time without sleep and symptoms that are not in touch with reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How often, oh, sorry, go ahead. So that is the um, kind of demographic or the broadness of what we see in our PMAD, postpartum mood and anxiety disorders. Yeah. So it's just to reinforce, it's so much more than just postpartum depression, the one that we commonly hear about. Um, We're seeing such a wide range of all these mental health symptoms that can be happening. And to know that there's help and support and treatment for all of that. So then how often does this happen? How, especially how often are parents affected by these PMADs? We know from people seeking help, one in four moms will have some type of symptomology that meets that criteria for postpartum depression, anxiety, OCD, or one of those other type of mood disorders. And surprisingly, one in 10 dads. So it doesn't mm-hmm. have to just be the birthing process that's that trigger. It's really the the family the shift, the caring, that transition into parenthood, that can also do it. Mm -hmm. We also suspect that 50% of those cases are going undetected. People are afraid Mm -hmm. to seek help. They're having thoughts of, for example, again, that hallway situation. Mm -hmm. Moms who have anxiety are really scared to share that because they know that that isn't a normal thought to have. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of shame around that, a lot of stigma about mental health and a lot of fear of what's going to happen to them if they share that. So we suspect that the incidence is even higher than Mm -hmm. what our statistics are. Yeah, that was actually, you jumped right in there because I was like, that's my next question is how often like are we actually having people have this be recognized, get treatment, get support? Um, Yeah, and I agree. I think it probably is a much higher incidence than what we actually realize. 
And that is the work of the organization that I'm a part of, the mm-hmm. Parent Postpartum Support International and the mm-hmm. Minnesota chapter, PPSM, Pregnancy and Postpartum Support Minnesota, is really to destigmatize that mm-hmm. so that people are able to get help so that not only do the patients who are having the symptoms seek mm-hmm. out help, but they're support people because mm-hmm. they really are the ones that are going to notice that and recognize it and can be that transitional factor of getting people connected to help and, and services. Absolutely. So we know we're going to have information and resources through there. What other types of help and support are available and out there for um, any of these parents that are going through these symptoms? Help is really a broad term, right? So there are (laughs) so many things that we can do to help uh, moms. I mean, I think about my own experience with my first child. I was a really young parent and Mm -hmm. you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to fumble through with your first child and it gets a little bit easier with each one. So really um, there are some risk factors involved that I can touch on a little bit too, but care is broad, how we seek help. Um, One of the primary foundations is giving people the permission to do their Mm self-care. Sleep is such a factor and new babies don't sleep well. So sleep deprivation is something that every parent is plagued by. Mm -hmm. Teaching people how to get good sleep, giving them permission to trade off with their support person. For example, maybe mom goes to bed at six o'clock at night, gets a solid chunk of sleep until midnight mm-hmm. while her partner's taking care of baby. And then the partner going to bed and getting a solid chunk of sleep and being able to sleep in a situation where you can't hear all the noise going on, mm-hmm. that restful rejuvenating sleep is a savior. Also making sure that they're doing simple things like brushing your teeth, mm-hmm. <laughs> eating, taking a shower, doing all those things that we know make us feel human and better mm-hmm. really get overlooked because we're not prioritizing self-care. Our focus really goes towards baby mm-hmm. and baby care, and it can become all-consuming. But as we know as mental health professionals, being able to help and care for others starts with taking care of yourself. There's some other layers like social support. There's a ton of support groups available within the state of Minnesota. um, Most of the clinic systems will offer that. There are some other groups in the area like Alma Mama that offers some support. Um, There are even virtual support groups offered through Postpartum Support International. They're offering over 50 now. So there's like a subspecialty for everyone. There's a couple for dads. There's one for moms with anxiety, with depression, with bipolar disorder, um, ones for people of color, mm-hmm. um, military families. Like if there's a subspecialty, there's yeah. a support group for that as well for new parents. And then coming into like the professional aspect of it. So we know that there's individual therapy. There are individual therapists who have this special certification called perinatal mental health certified, mm-hmm. which means that they've done another level of training to have this as their specialty and understanding. Mm-hmm. There are Fortunately, in Minnesota, we have a lot of options for other support levels as well. There's a day treatment or partial hospitalization through Hennepin County Medical Center. And then there are three programs like ours here at Nystrom, which are considered intensive outpatient therapy. There is or there are a couple of inpatient perinatal mental health units. Unfortunately, the closest one to us is in Chicago. So that would mean traveling for a mom. Great. I'm glad you kind of spoke about a little bit with your experience, because I think about my experience having my first child, too. Um, It's really hard. It's that idea of, you know, like, 
well, is this just like the normal, the baby blues that they talk about? Or is this something more? Um, I know for me, the thing I did when I was like, yeah, I don't know what's kind of happening here. Is this supposed to be feel normal? Is this something that's more than that? Um, reaching out to my OB was a really, really helpful first step, um, at least for me. And she gave me a lot of guidance, support, but to know too that we have even more than that. Um, we have all of these resources and information and groups um, so that we can get more if you know, we're really struggling with more than just what they call like those normal baby blues. How would you kind of even help somebody to kind of figure out the difference between what feels like those normal hormonal changes and feelings after birth and when it's kind of gone beyond that? The typical guideline we talk about is everybody's going to have some mood shifts Mm -hmm. postpartum, right? How could you not, your body's purging this massive amount of estrogen and progesterone that it had been increasing for 40 weeks. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, (laughs) plummeting. So waxing and waning of crying easily, being overwhelmed emotionally, that's something Mm -hmm. that we expect to see, but somebody having thoughts of suicide Mm -hmm. or self-harm or, having a distorted perception, like feeling suspicious or seeing things or Mm -hmm. hearing things, um, or if the symptoms are progressive. Mm -hmm. So if the anxiety and panic happen or the depression is unrelenting, and then also if those symptoms are still present about three weeks postpartum, Mm -hmm. then we start to look at maybe this is something clinical and we might want to intervene. Great. Thank you. There are some other things that we can, as our support people, and we can think of ourselves, you know, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to deliver a baby here in a couple of months, which I'd be looking for. Mm -hmm. And for people in your support team can be asking and looking for too. just, are you feeling like yourself? Mm -hmm. And if not, are you sleeping? Are you eating? Is there anybody else that's there to provide you support and feedback and just talk about things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we're just seeking reassurance. Are we doing this the right way? Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) is this really what the baby's poo is supposed to look like or how much are they supposed to be eating? Because if we don't have somebody to bounce that off of, then we start to create these messages and worries in our head. You know, are we taking our multivitamin? Mm -hmm. Are we getting a balanced meal? All of those things, if we're not taking care of ourselves, it might be a, a signal that, we're depressed might be a signal that we just need some permission to make those lifestyle priorities for Mm -hmm. us. Mm. Postpartum also, um, sometimes we take a look at like, are you bonding with baby? Do you Mm -hmm. feel comfortable in that connected to them emotionally? Absolutely. When it comes to our programming here at Nystrom, how would somebody be able to get connected and to start with that programming if they're listening to this today, any of this is resonating and really kind of starting to sound like, you know, I I really want to talk to somebody about this. I want to see if this is something affecting me. How could they get connected? Uh, Can't talk today. Connected with programming. (laughs) Yeah. So Nystrom has a couple of opportunities to get connected at different levels. We have kind of our flagship, our intensive outpatient program, which runs three or more days during the week for three hours a day. And that provides a level of care using skill building, Mm -hmm. uh, skill building for our mental health symptoms. And we use a DBT model. And it also has attachment parenting and some parenting skills wrapped in it. To be connected to that program, one can simply 
use the little bot that pops up on our website and request mm -hmm. an appointment, or you can call in to any NYSTROM location and the patient care coordinator will help you get connected. If you're a NYSTROM staff here that's listening, you can simply just task the patient care coordinator and do the referral that way as well. Mm -hmm. We also have a low intensity program, which is only one hour of group therapy and one hour of individual therapy a week. And that is usually a step down from the intensive outpatient program. Mm -hmm. So patients will transition and they get that extra support for up to 20 weeks after they've completed the intensive outpatient program. Mm -hmm. We are so blessed to have a couple of other ancillary supports here as well. One of our therapists in Eden Prairie, Jerry Tongan, is a birth doula and mm -hmm. a licensed marriage and family therapy. And she does a mental health informed childbirth education class that runs the first three Fridays of every month for two hours. And it really walks through everything to expect in pregnancy, labor and delivery and infant care. And it weaves in there where those points might be noticed of mental health concerns and what to watch for. So it really supports more, um, like the highest risk parents who have maybe already had mental health concerns, really supports them in their journey through labor and delivery mm -hmm. and having the new baby come home. And then we also have a provider in the New Brighton office that offers a fertility support group so we can connect patients for that as well if that happens to be something that they're struggling with. And moms can bring their babies to the group too. They can. Right now, um, so COVID has really impacted all of mental health services, mm -hmm. right? So we are running a hybrid version for both the intensive outpatient program and the low intensity where moms have the choice to come in person to mm -hmm. any of the three locations that have the program, which are Baxter, Minnesota, Eden Prairie, Minnesota, and Otsego, Minnesota, or they can join virtually online. Mm -hmm. If they're coming into the office and their baby is under a year old, they're welcome to bring the baby in. In that case, we do a lot of role modeling and how to provide care for baby, how to soothe baby. If we have that opportunity to see it, it's a little bit more difficult to do that virtually, but mm -hmm. we still offer that feedback and support to mom. So we encourage them to have their babies with them when they're attending virtually as well. Wonderful. Great. Is there any other um, advice for families, parents who are listening um, that you think would be really helpful for them to know about or additional information that we haven't covered so far? Yeah, I think that it's important to recognize that there are some risk factors for PMADS, the mood and anxiety disorders. First of all, if you ever have had a history of depression or anxiety or any other mental health concern, there's a likelihood that there's going to be some relapse of symptoms. And so we want to be ahead of the game and provide a support plan for that or a contingency plan for treatment. Mm -hmm. If somebody is highly perfectionistic, highly motivated, highly driven, organized, that type of personality has a lot of disruption with a new baby because we lose total control over that, right? So mm -hmm. somebody who is um, who has that can be at high risk for postpartum anxiety and OCD. If you have high expectations of motherhood and something happens, like there are a number of things that can veer from what our birth plan is or even the new parenthood itself, if the baby happens to be colicky or something else happens in life, if our expectations aren't met, that can be a trigger for a PMAD. Mm -hmm. If there's been any other life change recently, like a major illness, a divorce in the family, it doesn't even have to be our own, but it can be somebody close to us. There's a death in the family, maybe even a job change or some financial concerns. 
if we have a lack of social support, I think COVID did this to us, right? Yeah. Because we didn't have that normal grandparent come and stay for two weeks and help mm. the family out. So that really put us into a state of isolation. We saw a pretty significant increase in um, some of the PMAS as a result of that. Mm-hmm. If there are any complications with pregnancy or even delivery, mm-hmm. breastfeeding complications can increase the risk of that. Anything considered uh, trauma, traumatic delivery can be considered that. If the baby happens to have a little bit higher needs than we would expect, if they're fussy, colicky, maybe have allergies, if something is preventing them from sleeping well, that will be a trigger for a PMAD. If there's an unplanned pregnancy, mm-hmm. if there's any stress in the relationship, if you have multiples so twins or triplets, obviously going to be two or three times more work and thus a a potential risk factor for a PMAD. If that baby's been in the NICU for any reason, that can be a trigger. And then if there are some other physical things going on with the birthing parent, if she has had gestational diabetes or hypertension, Mm -hmm. um, postpartum, there's a change that the thyroid goes through. And so it is at a higher incidence than any other time in life that we might have hypothyroidism, even if just for a short period of time. And so that can look sometimes like depression, Mm -hmm. but it can also be a trigger for depressive symptoms. If there's a vitamin D deficiency or some other type of nutritional deficit, that Mm -hmm. can be a trigger as well. So a lot of things to kind of keep in mind, and it's a pretty long checklist. So if you start to see like, oh my goodness, I have five or six of those, then I probably want to be reaching out to somebody and have a plan in place. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think just, just in general, if you don't feel well, if you don't feel like yourself, Mm -hmm. if you don't feel like this is going the way that it should, it does not hurt to seek out help Mm -hmm. because if it isn't clinical and requiring treatment, you're going to know that they're going to talk through that with you, with whomever you see, it doesn't have to be here with us, Mm -hmm. but um, reach out for some professional help or even a support group to Mm -hmm. get some feedback with how things are going. Great. Is there anything else too that you think would be helpful to kind of encourage anybody who thinks that they might need to reach out um, to know that it can be safe and uh, that we're here to support them? Our broad picture is to be the best parent that we can be and provide the best stable grounding for our child. Mm -hmm. And the best way we can do that is to have our own mental health well-treated. Being a parent should be one of the most joyful experiences, and we want to help people have that best foot forward. There's no shame in reaching out for help. It may not be clinical, but if it is, we can offer those services to you and help get you back on the right track so that you can enjoy that journey. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you all for joining us today, hearing about our mother baby program. And again, feel free to reach out if you'd like to hear more about our services and what we do. Uh, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe to our Psyched for Psychology podcast. We'll continue to keep having new episodes released every Tuesday morning. Uh, you can find us on any major podcast streaming platform, and you can follow us for our new episodes. Please email us at podcast at nystromcounseling.com if you would like to provide any feedback, comments, or ideas for future topics. You can find us, Nystrom and Associates, and all of our available mental health services, including the Mother Baby Program, by going to nystromcounseling.com. Thank you so much for joining. We are psyched to talk to you again soon. Thank you as always for listening, and please be sure to leave us a review. While this podcast can't be a replacement for therapy, we hope you enjoyed our discussion today and join us again next time. 
Nystrom & Associates is always available to those who are struggling. If you find yourself in need of support and help, please check us out at nystromcounseling.com.